What's up guys, this is Sarah Arnett and you're tuned in to Igosian Airwaves. Guys, you are in for a treat today because we have a former Igo student, current, like, I don't even know if this is true, current former staff member, I'm not really sure. She, she represents us all the time. She lives in Germany, so her accent is thick. Good day, Governor. How are you today? Spot a tea. And this is the one and only Rachel Partridge, everybody. Rachel Partridge is joining Igosian Airways for the first time. I know she's a big listener to our podcast, but she's joining for the first time. Rachel, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I figured you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, uh, you, you live in Germany. I do. In the tropical paradise there. I mean, something like that. Suffering for the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel has a long history with Igo. Uh, started going when she was in high school, went several times, served as a Jimmy, came on staff for a couple of times. That, those were the years we call the, the organized years at Igo, when we actually got things done in an organized, efficient manner. And then... She, she met her husband through IGO and her and Scott live with their two kids in Germany, team leaders with the company, as we like to say. And yeah, that's a, if you're looking for a great partnership place to go and serve with your church youth group, man, these guys would take good care of you. You'd plug into great work and it would be a great experience. And so we can start talking about that for 2024, anytime you want to. So let me know. So Rachel, we, we have a couple of questions for you. This is a little episode we call the stories. I goes in airwaves, the stories, but before we get into your story, we need to do a little rapid fire. So I gave you some questions to prepare for. These are not them. These are different. And so this is just like the first thing that comes to your head as you hear these questions. So this is a little thing we call Rapid fire with Rachel Partridge. Question number one, what's your favorite Igo mascot and why? Ooh, Armadillo is the first one that comes to my head because that was a really comfortable shirt. Mm. And that's like the only reason. And it's the first mascot ever. It is. Yes, yep. it was. That was 2005. We had we had four years, 2001, two, three, and four, which did not have mascots. We hadn't come up with that brilliant idea yet. And so if you're in one of those years, you get to pick your own. Oh. The armadillo was the first official mascot of Igosia, and you're going with that as your favorite one. You're one of the few people that still has that shirt, right? I, no, I don't know what happened to it. Did we steal it for our t-shirt wall? Maybe. Probably. Well, that's sad. We need to reprint that shirt because it was classic. A little armadillo with a backpack. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question number two. How did you trick Igo into taking you overseas when you were 12 years old? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I have no idea. One time I remember I was either a Jimmy or maybe I was on staff. I found my very first application 
like yeah that one where I wrote and honestly like they were not even clear answers they did not explain the gospel when it said what is the gospel so honestly I have no idea why you took me but we cut you a break if you're 12 years old we cut you a break on those answers yeah I may have been like a little older than that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were a little older, I'm sure, but you were very young when you started and you've, you've always looked very young. So mm-hmm. those pictures are pretty good. Uh, I need to find some of the better pictures from like 06, 07-ish when you were, yeah. and maybe post those when we promote this podcast. That was some, Those were some good years. They were. Yeah. But I think y'all really only have one actual picture of me because mm. there's only one that keeps popping up. Oh, I have more. It's just that one's my favorite. So a terrible one. I'll have to Thanks. see. I'll, uh, I'll let Google Photos search for your face and we'll see what comes up. At what point, question number three, at what point on your trip to North Africa did you and Scott start dating? <laughs> we did not date on that trip. I've heard, I've heard this is your standard answer for all these years. No one mm-hmm. believes it. I am a truth teller. <laughs> so you didn't start dating on the trip but you knew that was gonna happen no not uh, even. he knew okay, i bet maybe, he knew when you talk to him in a minute maybe his answer will be different i bet his answer is different maybe on both questions one of those dating shows where you figure <laughs> out you have the same answer it was december of whatever year that was 2009. I don't start talking about years from the past. I can't <laughs> keep up. Question number four. It's really, it's probably more of a question for Scott, but uh, what do you think's the best fashion advice your husband ever got from Kent Davis? Formerly oh. Kent Jones, now Kent Davis. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did wear that suit that one time. I did not know him then, but I've seen pictures. Legendary. Yeah. 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 Well, well. And honestly, I don't even think he owns a suit anymore. No, but that dude yeah. always wears Igo shirts. So he, he learned some things I mean, along the way. Right. He really wears an Igo shirt almost every day. So yeah. And you're, you're a fan of this, right? Yeah. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> he gets maybe some looks on the street when he's got you know a narwhal on his shirt but yeah. i'll pass that along to hannah she picked the narwhal that year yeah hannah. Han- we call her hannah whatever her name is now but she changed it from mabry to weiss weiss something but yeah vice weiss i thought it was vice well that's because you're you're speaking with your british accent uh, it's definitely not like over there where you are it's probably vice hannah vice but yeah, here it's it's hannah weiss i think it's whatever her name is doesn't matter i mean it matters to her and her husband sorry hannah doesn't matter on this podcast right now number five why don't your kids like tex-mex and specifically quesadilla well they used to Mm -hmm. yeah yeah brad and i were instrumental with joseph in that 
Mm -hmm. And then we move to a country that does not know what flavor is. And they don't have quesadillas and tacos. And they just forgot. That's a pretty sad commentary on the schnitzel. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. What's your favorite food over there? Oh. interesting question um i mean we haven't like been to restaurants in something like 11 months because uh, of the virus because yes of mm. the virus. okay um so this i wouldn't say this is my favorite but it is very popular it's something called curry burst and it's like yeah sausage but with curry sauce on it. Yep, yep. It sounds gross, but it's, it's pretty good. It sounds so, like the worst. Uh, yeah, if you say it wrong, it is. Say it. Yeah, I don't know how you say it with that British accent, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, of, of like German-specific foods, probably. That's, that's the favorite? Yeah, but... Okay. Well, uh -huh. see that. Hey, you. As soon as I said rapid fire, you got a little nervous, didn't you? But like that, that wasn't so bad. No, it wasn't bad. I just never know what's gonna come. <laughs> You're lucky that the mayor, Kai Martin himself, is not on this call, or mm -hmm. who knows where this would have gone. Okay. Well, let's go to the actual part of the podcast you were prepared for, and that is to tell your <laughs> your Igo story, Rachel. Since you left staff, we've kind of started this conversation around IGO about how what we do really is short-term missions with a long-term impact. Mm -hmm. And the best way to show the long-term impact is to, to have IGOsians tell their stories. This is, this is what God did. So your time at IGO, you've got a lot of different times, a lot of different experiences, a lot of different trips, lots, but what's something that happened during one or some of those times that I go that is like you would say this is one thing I'll never forget yes um okay so two things came to mind okay um the first one is short story the second one's a little longer um the first it was one of the two years I went to Japan that's where I went first long yes. time when I was an infant. Um, <laughs> and I remember the, the imps that we worked with telling us about how many people are in Tokyo, the lostness, how many believers they know, all of that. So we just had all this information about how lost the city was. And then they took us up in a tower. I, I don't remember what anything was called in Tokyo, but a really tall tower where you could go see like a 360 view of the whole city. And so we went up there and I remember looking out cause it's just like, like really as far as you can see, it's just building after building after yeah, building. It's huge. Yep. Um, you know, whatever, however many people live there, 12 million or something. Um, and I just remember thinking like, what on earth are we doing here with 12 million people, most of whom 
had never even heard of Jesus. It's not something they were taught or grown up with. Right. And so few believers, like even if we had all met someone and they became a believer, it made like no dent in the lostness. And so I just remember thinking this is an overwhelming task. Like what's, why are we here? And like so clearly remember in that moment, like praying and asking the Lord what he was doing, just hearing him say, for you, this is an overwhelming task, but I am the overwhelming God and nothing is too hard for me. Hmm. And I like still to this day, like I honestly don't remember much about the trips to Japan from, I don't even know how long ago that was, 14 years, 15 but I, I remember that so clearly that, that it's the Lord who accomplishes everything and he chooses to use us for that purpose, regardless of if we can do it or not. Um, so that was the first thing. And really that moment kind of set up a lot for the next few trips that I went on, however sure was, um, so the second story that came to my mind that I remember was in Germany in, I believe it was 2007. Um, and we were prayer walking through a park that had in the past had little to no response to the gospel, just the people in the area. Um, and we were prayer walking and we passed this man sitting on a bench who had, he had seen us earlier, like in a group where, you know, we sit in groups and talk about the Bible or whatever we are learning. Um, so we asked us what we were talking about and it opened up a door to share the gospel clearly with him because that's what we were talking about. Sorry, I thought a child was coming. Um, and he became a believer that day sitting on the park bench and then he was throughout the week he was discipled by one of the m's there um but just thinking of that story like he's from cambodia yeah even live in germany um well he lived there i guess he was studying but not long term he i remember him telling us that he never walked through that park but it was a nice day and so he just happened to be sitting there um and we were at that park and he became a believer. And so just all the things that lined up for that interaction to happen. Um, and then after that summer, I think I saw him like maybe one more time um, and then never, never heard a word about it again. And when I went to Munich to lead a team as a staff member, the M's there were telling that story and they had kept in contact with him the whole time. And he moved back to Cambodia to like take water to villages. And then as he goes, he shares the gospel what? to all the villages in Cambodia. That's amazing. And, I didn't know that part. Yeah, I just found out like whenever that was a couple of years ago. When we um, were in Munich together and you didn't tell me that part. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So anyways, 
those two stories kind of stick with me that that the Lord, he puts us in places at just the right time. And just, I don't know, just the things that he orchestrated for that encounter to happen and the opportunity for him to be discipled that whole summer. And then he moves back to Cambodia and now it's like doing really cool things there. So, um, so yeah, oh, I may never see him or talk to him again in this life, but I'm thankful that the Lord gave me that interaction. Yeah. How he works and, you know, years of things coming together to. Yeah. That big picture is awesome. Ancient work, toward yeah. us over all of it. Like, wow, that's really, really cool. <laughs> I, I'm glad you picked those two stories. I thought for sure you were going to pick that time that you tried to sneak a knife on an airplane oh. in Germany. And almost messed up yours travel plans and mine Uh as we were trying to get home from Germany. And boy, Rachel, that that East Texas country girl, she always got to have a knife somewhere. So that was a good one. That was a fun one. I think you were, I think you're all of like maybe 13 at that point. I mean, maybe. Wow, I have completely forgotten about that. That's because we're, you're not around me anymore for me to remind you once That's a month. Mm-hmm. You tried to get a, you tried to sneak a knife on a plane. Mm-hmm. But we made the flight. We made it. And we were good uh, friends. Yeah, yeah, we, our, our friendship survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have if, you know, we missed the plane. But... Yeah, it, yeah, if we had spent another 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 night with those m's yeah all right so you you know this as well as anybody better than most that the secret to i go is the teaching and the training that's that's why our short-term mission trips typically have a long-term impact because we're we spend so much time on the teaching and training so how how did that teaching that you received as a student and then even as you began to teach it with us, right? How did that impact your life? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say the teaching is a large part of why we are even in Germany hmm. right now because we believe the bottom line that ultimately <clears throat> everything is about God's glory among the nations. And we wanted to see that played out and so for us that meant coming to Germany and being among several different nations which um we've enjoyed so um I'm sorry there one of my kids is crying and I lost my train of thought okay um but I would say for me I mean, all the core values, the bottom line, joy of the sower, ancient work, hope of the world, they're all important on different levels. But for me, joy of the sower has really been like that. That was the one that kind of set things straight in my mind um, and heart growing up and going on trips just because it's it's so easy to 
to base your success on what you see happen or people believe or how many people showed interest in in the gospel and so just switching it from the discouragement of people not believing not caring whatever to the joy is in we get to share the message and the joy is in the obedience um because the lord never called us to results he called us to be faithful to what he says and just like the example from japan like if we were based on numbers like we would have been a failure because you can't reach i can't reach 12 million people but i can be obedient to offer what i have and the lord uses our obedience yeah and that's where the joy comes from and trusting that He's, he can do it. He's the one who does it and changes people's hearts. And in the process of us being obedient, then we grow closer to him. And that joy just continually increases the more we're obedient. And so that really helped me switch, especially when I was younger, when like coming back from trips and everyone was like, how many people were saved? And for a while just the discouragement of sometimes having to say nobody but then being able to switch that vocabulary to say look what the lord put in front of us look what we got to do and how we got to be obedient and and that's really where the it, true joy comes from so yeah I mean, that's we've been teaching this for 20 something years now and those core values have been the constant. We've been teaching those core values. I love how you just throw them out there because you know them. And that's the cool part for me. That's the, I think that's what keeps this so easy to do for this long is that these this biblical teaching that we call core values has this impact. Has this, it, it shapes people. It informs people. It changes things about their worldview and their mindset and how they how they approach it so I, I love hearing that joy of the sower bottom line stuff always comes out and it's that's very very cool so <clears throat> you've kind of already hinted at some of this you you live on the mission field as a real life missionary because in part because of some time you guys spent with Igo but is there anything specific you would like to share about this long-term impact how did God take Igo and those experiences and create a long-term impact for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just, for us, just going somewhere for a week or a summer, um, like it helped us see just a little bit that that's, for us what god wanted our whole life to be like like Mm. there is i do think god calls people to stay in america obviously but for us seeing the oh trying to figure out how to explain it we just for us we felt like the lord wanted us to be in another country among yeah 
different nations. And, and really that was largely because of our experiences with IGO and seeing that firsthand that, I mean, without IGO, that probably wouldn't have even been possible um, just because that's who was there. And we had the chance to go and see something outside of our own home and own comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and, and it shapes how we, how we minister here and when we share with people then we start to build that relationship and and we see how the um like the core values come back in the joy and sharing but then we also see how we've entered into one little part of someone's life and then they tell us well this many years ago i got a bible and one time someone took me to a church and now mm. you're sharing the gospel um and so it's and it's just neat to see how all those things play out things that we learned 15 or 16 years ago and they're just so relevant to our ministry and um and here um like being in germany we really see how essential the hope of the world is um, because we're not in the communities that we were in in America. It's smaller, it's different, it's in German, <laughs> yeah. um, which is, is has its challenges. Um, but it's just like we've seen firsthand, you, you just can't do the Christian life without a Christian community and like when we meet people who believe we want them to be involved in a local Christian community because that's how they are able to reach out to others they have the accountability the encouragement the teaching and then they go and share that throughout the week and so it's just being being pulled from American churches or our churches in Texas. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just, hey, we, we do podcasts in real life. So yeah. that's, no, it's that's all good. For one child. Um, so yeah, just being pulled from a large community and dropped into a place where like we didn't know anybody. We didn't know believers. We didn't know if the church down the road was theologically sound and just realizing that we were so desperate for Christian community and how vital that is to our lives. And when we share with people how vital it is to make sure that they are immediately plugged in and then sent out to their workplaces and families. So, so that was, that's one that I've seen that maybe I didn't realize, I mean, I knew the importance of it in America, but now being yeah. here, just, just how important and how the Lord created that for, for us to have. So, and I love I love that perspective, Rachel, because we talk a lot about the long term impact on students and how it should shape them, and most of our students do end up 
staying in America. Hopefully they're serving in their church. They're living on mission because that's where our teaching is this, this goal is like everybody live on mission and th these principles from the Bible will help you. But I, behind that, right, we still want our teaching to inform the mission field, the actual front lines where among the nations where this is going going down. And so that's really encouraging to me. You guys went through all that teaching, you taught it, you were on staff, and now you're just living it out. And that teaching still informs you guys as missionaries, as team leaders in uh, in your city. That's that's really cool. It's really encouraging because we want, we want this teaching to help everybody everywhere, but we definitely want it to help with the actual work on those front lines. So that's, that's cool to hear for sure. So Rachel, thanks for joining us. This is Igosian Airwaves, the stories. And so one of the questions is what's your story? And when I say that, I mean, like we have tons of stories that I go, maybe you don't have a story. Maybe you don't have a story. You're listening right now and you don't have a story of God using you to make him famous among people that have never heard the gospel before. So go to igoglobal.org look at the trips, find one, sign up, be obedient, and we will train you, we will teach you and how to live that out, how to share the gospel, all those things, and then you won't just be telling somebody else's stories, you're, you'll, you'll have the story of your own, and so Rachel, we love what you're doing, we, we wish you were, there's a big part of me wishes you were still in our office because you were such a great team member here, but we love what you're doing there in Germany, and we hope that we'll get some some churches some youth groups over there to serve with you guys maybe some flt down the road when uh when those doors open up uh we're just hoping that the doors to germany will open up so we can send teams anywhere this summer but yeah yeah just everything here to open. <laughs> but we love it and yeah so this part of the podcast i'll usually like wrap it up and bring in some music i'm thinking dubstep for you what what are you thinking what are you feeling for music for the podcast any uh, thoughts no east texas roots sarah arnett loves the twang when i bring out the real country sounds no no i've put a lot of that out of my mind um yeah probably yeah. rock and roll maybe yeah we'll bring something in it'll be real nice so <laughs> Rachel Partridge, a real live missionary from Germany who started off as a 12-year-old or really high school freshman going overseas with us. And man, it's cool to see what God's doing. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for serving. Thank you for just being an amazing person. Good day, Governor. <laughs>